0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Butcher Founder Podcast. My name is Savit Kal, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Platform Risk and the Three Kinds of Audiences. But before we get started, I have a big announcement to make. I just launched my second book, The Embedded Entrepreneur. It's about finding the people you want to serve and empower, joining the communities to discover the critical problems, and then building a product for and with them. I wrote the book in public with and for my readers and there was like 500 indie hackers and founders involved. It's super exciting. I'll be talking more about the launch and the book in the second half of the episode. And if you just really want to check it out right now, you can find it on Amazon on Gumroad. It's available in print as an ebook and a PDF. Just head over to embeddedentrepreneur.com for more information. Thanks for that. And let's just talk about platform risk right now. Imagine waking up one morning, only to find your Twitter account suspended. If you're trying to build an audience on Twitter, this is your worst nightmare. And it's a it's an entirely possible scenario. It happened to Jack Butcher just a few weeks ago. Twitter suspended all of his brand accounts, and he had quite a few, including Visualize Value and Value, the visual and written word outlets for Jack's business education brand. They had a lot of followers. And Twitter didn't like, or apparently doesn't like, still overlapping use cases when you're running multiple accounts. So they just suspended them all in one sweep and then told them that they were suspended. And this is scary because particularly if you consider how Jack has over 120,000 followers on his main account and Visualize Value has over 170,000 followers, it turns out that there's no safety in numbers here. If Twitter does like what you're doing, you're going to have a problem. And this particular story has a mostly happy ending. Jack got to restore most of his accounts, only leaving the value at value account suspended. And that's 33,000 followers lost forever. Because Twitter didn't like that the content between two accounts, visualized value where he posted visualization of things and value where he just tweeted the things in text, the, the, the content was too similar for them. And I think this is a good time to talk about platform risk and how it affects our audience building efforts because this can affect us all. I want to introduce um a particular framework here to make make this more easy to understand. Alex Lieberman, the CEO of Morning Brew, shared a very insightful concept that's related to this particular entrepreneurial risk and he calls this the audience funnel. For him there are 3 tiers to this funnel, rented audiences on the top, owned audiences lower and monetized audiences on the bottom. When you build an audience on Twitter, you're essentially creating a rented audience. The relationships you build might feel like they're yours, but Twitter effectively owns them. If you lose access to your account or Twitter decides to remove the account, your audience is gone. You won't be able to recover it without significant work, pretty much rebuilding your whole audience from scratch. And since Twitter is so huge... You can reach a lot of people and build relationships quickly, but they'll always be just one administrative action away from evaporating. And no matter if you build an audience on LinkedIn or Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, your audience will always be borrowed. Contrast that with owned audiences. They're opt-in audiences where people allow you to contact them directly without the intermediary of a large platform. Think of an email list or a telegram group any audience where you're not reliant on a platform to communicate because you can transfer your email list to another email service provider and you can take the phone numbers of your users to form another group using another tool. Right? You have the very specific identifiable information to reach them through multiple means. And this kind of audience is much more committed to you than a rented one because this opt-in process makes this whole thing a conscious choice for, for by them. And handing over your personal email or your phone number is a much bigger deal than following someone on Twitter. Because you can always unfollow somebody, but you cannot take back your email. Once they have it, they have it. So this choice usually means that this particular kind of audience is has a higher retention rate. Because once they give you something, they've made the choice of sticking with you for a while. And then... Um, there's also that, yeah how we, how we can build this, right. It's maybe the next question. Your own audiences are usually built on free content, such as free newsletters or podcasts. And while purchases are encouraged often through advertisements, members are usually not required to make purchases to be part of the audience, right? own audiences are usually free to join, but that changes once you build a monetized audience. This is the audience with the highest intent and commitments as they're paying to be part of that group. A membership community or a paid newsletter audience fits this profile. You won't be able to start out with such an audience. It's the potential consequence of having built, rented, and owned audiences before. Right? Monetizing, people really need to understand that when they pay you, they're going to receive some valuable stuff. So usually you will need to provide a lot of upfront value to convince them to pay for more value to come and that's easiest to be done through a rented initial audience and then converting that into an owned audience and then converting that into a monetized audience which is why this is a funnel and personally i have both rented and an owned audience right rented audiences on social networks and owned audiences um on email lists on twitter i have built a large following of people who like what i do some of them have signed up for my free newsletter or have given me their email address as part of a book purchase or just joined another email list that I have, I, I don't want to force anyone to convert from borrowed to owned, but I talk about my newsletter and invite people to join it under every blog post that I write, for example. And this, this is a kind of content flywheel that keeps attracting people to my newsletter, where I keep them updated about my books and other income-creating means, which kind of turns that into a purchasing opportunity. And I believe that all audience-building efforts should start at the rented audience level, because when you start, you need to have reach and discoverability. And at a later point, you can try to extract those audience members into owned and monetized audiences. But a substantial rendered audience is in itself a valuable asset because word-of-mouth marketing and community feedback will be essential to your business success. The more reach you have, the more of a relatively strong and interactive and engaged following you have, the better. In the end, it matters less what kind of audience you have and more how much impact you have on their lives, to be honest. The value you create is why people follow you. And the more someone benefits from your work, the more they're likely to reciprocate, which in turn allows you to make a living. You can do this on a borrowed audience. You can just provide a lot of, a lot of, a lot of value. I did that with my first book, Zero to Sold. I essentially released half the book in public while I was writing it. And people found that so interesting and so, I I hope, empowering and helpful that once I actually released the book, they just felt like they had to purchase it because they kind of owned half of it already. So they needed to kind of reciprocate and close the circuit. You can do this with um, an an owned audience where you have a newsletter list of people who really, really like what you're writing every week or every month, or every two weeks, or whatever you do. And then every now and then you suggest to them that they might be interested in your book or they might be interested in your course or in your services or whatever, and you start monetizing it like that, or you just monetize the actual audience and the weekly content through a monetized audience. All of this is great. And all of this allows you to make a living. You pick whatever you're most comfortable with and whatever you think fits your themes and your content, and honestly, your personality best. Just consider that any platform you build an audience on is a liability understand that the best way to connect with people is to have a direct channel into their inbox at some point and just build a flywheel that connects your rented owned and monetized audiences into one resilient system a system like that will allow you to build a meaningful and sustainable business no matter what happens because systems fall apart certain platforms may close down you may be booted off a platform for saying something that somebody didn't like and reported and You have an administrator who thinks, okay, this person has to go. And if you don't have access to people outside of that platform, you have a problem. So make sure you build this interconnected flywheel and system of audiences. I try to get my most engaged Twitter followers to join my newsletter or listen to my podcast. Sign up for that. And so I could just reach them at a later point, should I ever be booted off Twitter, which I don't think I will be. But, you know, like the, there's, a, there's always a chance. The platforms um, are always in control and I am not. So that's, that's important to understand. And that's how I build my own audiences. And <clears throat> that, in this situation, it really helps to have an info product in the mix as well. Something tangible that people have, that people own, that attracts new followers by word of mouth like a book (laughs) so let me transition this conversation to my my book launch here because um that that has been an extremely interesting experience i I launched a book on wednesday the uh, may 19th um on twitter and it has been a spectacular day has been a spectacular couple days since then um yeah let me just share a couple of things maybe first what the book is really about um, the book is called The Embedded Entrepreneur, and an embedded entrepreneur is pretty much what I'm doing and what many, many other founders are doing. We go into the communities of our audience, of a future audience, a target audience, our existing audience, and we listen, we observe, we embed ourselves in there, and we start taking notes. What are people talking about? What are people complaining about? What are people asking for recommendations about? What problems do they have? How can we help them? right? This is kind of an extension of what I wrote about in Zero to Salt when I was saying, hey, build. start with the audience. Start with who am I going to serve? Then figure out the critical problem, then build a solution, and then build a product that implements that solution for your audience. So you can make sure you're not just starting with this random idea where you're not sure if anybody's ever going to buy it, but you start with the real people. You validate that they exist. You find their problems. You validate that those problems are critical. And then you build a validated solution that people actually need and build a product that they can use. So that was what I wrote about in Zero to Sold. And people told me, hey, this is amazing. This has changed my perspective on how to build a business. But I'm really having trouble with finding those people, with figuring out who I want to serve. So I wrote a book about that. I wrote a book about how you can find the audience that you want to be serving for the next five, 10 years building a business. And the embedded entrepreneurship approach is exactly that. Um, you, you start with audience discovery. You try to figure out, okay, who do I want to serve? Who do I like? Where are interesting opportunities that I might be willing to look at? What are interesting problems that lo- are looking to be solved? They're out there where people really need them to be solved and are there budgets for solutions in the space and is the space big enough? All of this in the book is uh, in, in the shape of a guide where you can figure out through introspection and reflection who you would want to be serving potentially, who you can even be serving. And then you rank the audiences that you come up with with these couple categories um, to find out which is the most likely audience for you to be successful with building a product for them. And then you immediately start the audience exploration phase. You go into those communities. You start embedding yourself into the Facebook groups, the Twitter communities, the LinkedIn groups, the forums that you find. There might be a completely different um social media that you may not even know about where these, these people hang out. You find them, you embed yourself, and you start listening. And you start taking notes about what people are talking about, what their problems are, what is recurring, what are critical, common problems. And that leads you into the problem discovery phase where you start methodically analyzing all of these problems or okay. oh, problems. Like what which of these problems occur all the time, which are held by most people, where are solutions that try to solve them but fail because they didn't solve them well enough, and like all these things, you can have a data-driven approach to that. And that's what the problem discovery phase is about. And then from there on, you build an audience and a business with that audience, which would be the audience building chapter, the fourth part of the book. And in there, I talk about my own experience with Twitter, how I built an audience of now 21,000 uh, followers on Twitter and how I actually wrote this book with my audience. So um, The Embedded Entrepreneur, as a book, is a consequence of embedded entrepreneurship within the founder community. I went into the community, I listened to what people complain about most, which was, I don't know where to start. And then I wrote a book, about a manuscript for them. Um, January 2021, the whole month, I wrote the first version of the manuscript and then I immediately involved alpha readers because I wanted this book to be read by the future readers of the actual book once it was published. I wanted them involved from the beginning. And um, actually, the outline of the book I already shared with people before I even started writing the manuscript back to, back in October, um, 2020. And people gave me their opinions. People gave me new topics and themes that they wanted me to talk about, but that I hadn't even considered for the book. And I put them in there into the outline. Then I wrote the first draft, and then I immediately um, used a platform called HelpThisBook.com to involve up to it was like 550 alpha readers in the end. It was a lot of people. I batched it. I released a version to 50 of them. Then the next week I invited 50 more. And then I updated the version, updated the manuscript, released a new manuscript, invited 50 more people, you know, like actually getting fresh eyes on the book every single week. And that happened from February to must've been early April, which was the point when I said, okay, this book is now good enough. I went to a professional proofreader and editor, had that edited, Edit, edit came back with 3000 suggestions. I worked them into the manuscript, and then I started the publishing process. So that's how the book was written. I involved people from the beginning, right? There are a couple a couple tweets that I put out there in September about what I wanted to do, involved people. Then I had a big discussion about the name of the book. Like The book initially was called um, Audience First. But uh, people said, hey, audience first to me means something else than what you're writing about in the manuscript. So I actually gave people the manuscript. They said, hey, this what you're writing about is not what I thought the title would mean. So I changed the title to something better, something that's more descriptive of what it actually is. So the whole book itself has been an audience-driven product, and it talks about the audience-driven methodology. So it it, it resonated with people du- during the process, and obviously on sales um, or on launch day, I guess, sales were extremely positive. The People were very supportive. It was a very interesting day. My launch tweet at this point has almost a 1,000 likes. It has almost half a million impressions, which is just crazy. And um, uh, the video that I put up there has 50,000 views. It's really substantial. I think 180-some people actually quote tweeted this tweet with their opinion on the book, which I'm eternally grateful for. It was a wonderful experience to see how many people were excited to see it finally be released and had already looked into it, either through being an alpha reader or a review reader, or just following the journey of the book where I shared things along the way. That had that was an amazing day, the, the launch day. When it comes to numbers, I sold around 350 copies on the first day, which is wonderful. Obviously the most books, most self-published books or any published book to be honest, um are have sell sell a couple hundred books over their lifetime. And I did that on on the first day, which is just wonderful. That is around $4,000 maybe in revenue for anyone who cares about these things, which means that the book itself is now, um, yeah, it has paid for its production cost pretty much. And everything now is just earnings, which is wonderful, which is the whole point of uh, releasing a book as a passive income generating product. Um. Yeah, I launch it was great, and I wanted to take to, to to take this opportunity because I talked about platform dependence earlier in the in this episode to give you some insights into my launch strategy because I was trying to diversify this. Obviously, I launched the book on Twitter, and that is where I have most of my audience. Right, I have, like I said, twenty one thousand people, which is also where most of the engagement happened. but. That wasn't everything. I also launched the book through my email lists and through um, some activities that I did on other social platforms. Uh, on my email lists, for, for example, like I had my whole alpha reader list right, of the people who read the book initially. So I could could reach out to them and tell them that the book was now finally out and give them a little discount and give them a little additional material for their help right, as, a, as a token of my gratitude. And then I was able to email my review readers, the people who joined a bit later and got a much more <laughs> release-ready version of the book to, and promised to review it. That like, I gave them the opportunity to, to get the book with a discount. Or then I reached out to everybody who bought my earlier books, were to sold on Gumroad, because those people are also on an email list, obviously having bought it on Gumroad, and I could give them an opportunity to get my second book for their collection of my books which was really nice right so all of this um happened on my the email list of on yeah that I had created outside of my Twitter audience and I think that makes makes a big difference because if I were to just release on Twitter I would not reach the people who may not necessarily be on Twitter but are interested in my stuff and I took another route as well I went to indie hackers the forums and I posted a little blog post essentially explaining what I just told you right now uh, with a couple pictures as well to make sure that the community that I care about most, which are indie hackers, the, the indie hackers community is where I come from. It's the, the community that enabled my business success with Feedback Panda. And it's the community I want to give back to the most that they know that a book is out that can help them significantly build their own businesses from the start in a more sustainable and um, more yeah, likely to succeed way. So I wrote a little blog post there. I linked my Twitter launch tweet and all these things there. Uh, it, went, it went great. It was like on top of the list for a day. And it was just important for me for this to be part of the Indie Hackers forums as well. And I went into all the Slack channels and Slack groups that I'm part of that are entrepreneurship related. And I posted my launch tweet there as well just for people to understand, hey, this happened on Twitter. You might not be there. You might just be here in Slack or in different communities, but I'm launching the book. It's very successful. The the tweet is performing well. Lots of people are helping me out. There's a lot of support happening in the community. Check it out. So I try to diversify my launch in, in terms of going into multiple communities at once. And I think that was a solid idea because it's always good to just spread it out a little bit. So again, had a great day, a great couple of days. Uh, let me just share you the next steps because it's important, also, I think, for you if you're interested in ever creating an info product to see like how this whole launch situation happens. I think I worked two for two weeks on the preparation of the launch, like writing the initial um, launch tweet thread, writing out these emails for my lists, just uh, making sure that my indie hackers post was well prepared. And um, creating the assets for that, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that goes into a launch like this, not just creating the product, which obviously is also extremely important, but making sure that everything is ready for that day because a lot of stuff happened. I mean, if you have 300 retweets on um, a tweet and a couple hundred comments and something and like a thousand likes, you will not be able to be creative. You're just going to be reactive. I couldn't even keep up with replying to the replies to my tweet. So you better be prepared. And I was. And I'm also prepared for some more things. So I'm just going to tell you about this. The biggest thing is next week on Wednesday, which would be the 26th, I guess, um, I'm going to launch a product hunt because why not? product hunt is where a lot of other founders also congregate. And I launched Zero to Salt on product hunt to great success. And I think I could do this with the embedded entrepreneur as well. I have found a hunter and I have prepared all the assets and sent them over. So next Wednesday, you will see the embedded entrepreneur launch a product hunt. So I'd be happy if you he could help me out there. But obviously I'm going to be very vocal about this on Twitter as well. And in my email list, because, you know, flywheel plus diversification. is what's going to happen. And then over the next couple of days and weeks and likely months, I'll be gathering social proof and feedback. That's uh, what was really, really useful when I um Sold zero to sold for the first time or when I launched it back then, um, just really whenever somebody posts a picture and uh, of the book of them like the paperback or the hardcover arriving at their home, I just retweet that and comment that on that and just give it give it some more reach to show people hey there's social proof look at this other people are buying this book, so from an office perspective this is the best thing you can do it's like word of mouth that you can amplify in your community, and I'll be highlighting people who buy it for forever, essentially, because that's just really, really nice. I really like to see when people share that my work is worth taking a photo of for them. And it helps me create more interest in the community for the product as well. And then, you know, I'll be looking at reviews, I'll be making sure I update the the launch website, the, the landing page for my book with more reviews from Amazon where I have to be, I guess, at this point, And I'm now at five stars on Amazon and I'm starting to rank on Amazon as well. So all these things are going to be occupying me in the next couple of weeks. But the biggest thing is gathering social proof. And that would be very interesting because that transcends Twitter. Like If people understand that other people like what I'm doing, they won't just follow me on Twitter. They might also look into my newsletter. They might look into this very podcast and uh, subscribe to it, which would be wonderful. And they'll make sure that they can reach me or that I can reach them, even if there's anything that's happening to one of the platforms that I'm operating on. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. You can probably sense that I'm very happy, that I'm very excited for the launch and for everything that I've been doing. I may or may not be working on the third book at this point, but I'm probably going to be taking a couple of days of rest just to calm down a little bit. This has been quite an exciting time. And yeah, I just want to say thank you. To everybody, everybody who supported me, you that are listening to me right now, ramble on about my launch day. Thank you for keeping, uh, keeping listening uh, to the to the show. It's it's really sweet, and thank you for everybody who bought the book and will be buying the book in the future. It's been a it's been quite a quite a couple of days, so thank you very much. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Butcher Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at kahl a r v i d k a h l. And you can check out the blog at thebootscriptfounder.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, at zero to Sold.com and The Embedded Entrepreneur at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to Arvid at thebootscriptfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootser Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to slash founder. It'll help other founders or founders to be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrip businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye bye.